Hello, welcome to the St. Paul's Podcast, where you'll find talks from our Sunday services. For more information, feel free to check out our website, stpauls.co.uk. Thank you. The reading this morning is Matthew 3, verses 13 to 17, and can be found on page 967 in the Pew Bibles and on page 1521 in the large print Bibles. Matthew 3, 13 to 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you do come to me. Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Craig. It's lovely to hear a round of applause when the Bible is read. Maybe we should do that more often. Good morning. Lovely for you to join us today. Thanks for coming. And for those online, thanks for joining us. One of my favourite TV programmes is Grand Designs. And probably the reason why it's my favourite one is if I'm honest, I still have a desire to sell up, buy something as long as it's got two or three walls, that would be okay. Roof, roof is optional. A caravan next to it and then spend two years trying to make this relic into something that's amazing. If you want to help me this morning, um, Jill, my wife, is over there, and um, she needs a bit of encouragement to (laughs) live in a caravan for two years. Um, But the programme has two types of people. One type is very organised, as they, and if those that, who are unfamiliar with the programme, it's, it's really about either building something new, or the reason why I enjoy it is taking on some relic. But there's two types of people. One is those that are planned, they use resources that are available to them, often giving them advice, often they finish and often they come in maybe a little bit over budget, well, a little bit over budget. But the second group, which fascinate me, are the ones with no plans. They do it themselves. One guy took 10 years to build his house. Another guy just recently, sadly, lost everything. Um, And that even got onto the national press. But those type don't use the resources that are available to them. They both have plans and they both have desires. Some lean on others 
and some to the frustration of their families and friends want to do it themselves. And I think that is a contrast of the Christian life. We're all on a journey and this term we're particularly looking at the words behind me in terms of being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, which we'll talk more about this morning, as well as doing what Jesus did. And if we have a shared goal, let's say, of becoming like Christ, then I want to suggest there's two ways we could do that. One is we could try and do it under our own steam, a bit like those people building those houses. Or secondly, we can lean on the resources of heaven in order to achieve that end goal of being like Christ. So it's my privilege today to just open up these few verses of Matthew 3. And before we do that, let's pray. Father, as we open your most holy word, we ask you, Lord, to open our hearts. We want to meet with you in a personal and a fresh way. And we want to find something about you that we didn't know that is awe-inspiring, so much so that that would be the drive and the catalyst to want to become more like your son, the Lord Jesus. So Lord, we need the Holy Spirit in our hearts and in this place this morning. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. So I want to talk about three things today. So I'm kind of going to go to the end of the sermon and then we're going to rewind backwards. Because what I want to talk about is if our desire, I'm going backwards, if our desire is to become like Jesus, and I hope you share that goal with me, then rewinding backwards, there's a power in these words today called the Holy Spirit that can help you on that journey. And again, rewinding backwards one more step to the beginning, but that starts with our own internal examination of really where is our heart? Where's your heart? Where is my heart? And these are not separate things. The reason why I put them in these three little bubbles is you can't really, dis- you can't really separate them. They're integrated together. And as we look today about the Trinity and God being powerful as a Trinitarian God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, I want to suggest to you this morning that this triune God, the three, one God in three persons, is your best possibility of achieving the goal so just like grand designs some don't achieve it and sadly sometimes as Christians we see some of our friends and our family who've made that claim but don't achieve what God wants them to achieve and I wonder did they leave out the power of God working in them But let's set some context. Before we look at this passage, let's just quickly set some context because 
Because John the Baptist, we know he was born to Zechariah and Elizabeth. We know the Holy Spirit was inside his parents. We know the Holy Spirit was inside him while he was in the womb uh, of Elizabeth. But he was given a special mission. He was filled by the Holy Spirit to almost kind of set a pathway before Jesus came. And the pathway that he was given, or the agenda he was given by God, we read this in John 1 and John 3, he was set a pathway of going out and talking about repentance and for your forgiveness of sins. And you'll see in John chapter, sorry, in Matthew chapter 3, in the, first, in the verses that we didn't read, in verse 2, he's calling for people to repent. In verse 6, for the forgiveness of their sins. And also he was, he was then baptising people. So this was like a forerunner to the Lord Jesus. And there he is out in the wilderness, people coming out to him, to be baptised in the Jordan. Now, the story that we've read, then Jesus then turns up at the Jordan. And you're thinking, well, this is a bit strange. Why would Jesus need to repent? Um, Jesus was sinless. Why would he need to have his sins forgiven? And this then caused somewhat of a confusion um, and you see that written in the verses that Craig read for us. That John then now starts to question, but, but hang on a minute, Jesus. You should be baptising me, not I you. Now, it was commonplace at this time for cleansing rituals to take place. But the idea of baptism as an immersion, as a way of then repenting of your sins was something new but remember John full of the Holy Spirit he knew what his mission was as did Jesus because up until now we don't know really much about Jesus he's probably close to 30 years old at this point very little is written about him in his first 30 years but this, is a, but this is a significant point in the life of Jesus because this is really his coronation. Now we may have all sat tuned into our TVs a few weeks ago watching the coronation of King Charles. But this is a much, much more significant coronation than we saw on our TVs because this is the start of the ministry of the Lord Jesus. And the fact that John realised that I shouldn't be baptising you, you should be baptising me, John realised in front of him was the Messiah. And given that John's ministry was to prepare his way, he knew Jesus had no sin. He knew Jesus didn't need forgiving he knew that really Jesus didn't need to be baptised. But then Jesus says, but I need to be baptised. So there was no real conversation going on after that, that John realised 
that actually, yes, I do have to baptise the Lord Jesus. But why did Jesus need to be baptised? Then, there's nothing other than just one word in this passage. There's no reference at all in the other Gospels as to why we thought Jesus need to be baptised. But in verse 15, Jesus says, Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this and fulfil all righteousness. So Jesus and John knew that he had a mission to go on and this was part of his mission, to recognise, to show his solidarity with mankind, with sinful mankind, stand in their place, be baptised, not for the forgiveness of his sins, but to show his obedience to God the Father, then Jesus, in his obedience, then says, well, I need to go through the waters of baptism in order to set the path in place for your righteousness and my righteousness. So this is the start of Jesus' ministry. This is the start of something special. And John recognises that, even though we read in John that John didn't even recognise Jesus. There was no, there's no reference. This may be, possibly, the only time that Jesus and John ever met. Um... At work, I, um, I changed job just, just over a year ago. And, and I always thought that when people have got newborns, they're very quick to talk about what their newborns are doing. But actually, I, I work with quite a lot of folk my age, and a lot of them have got adult children. And I've realised over the last few months that actually talking about your children is not something you just do when your children are young because my colleagues are very keen to tell me what their children are doing and where their children are going and what their children have achieved. And you kind of wonder if Elizabeth and Mary ever got together talking about their two children, I wonder what the kind of conversation would go on because John was very strange in many ways. He spent most of his time in the wilderness. Um, So you could almost see Mary saying to Elizabeth, well, how's John getting on well he's a bit strange actually um he just spends all his life in the wilderness so i don't really see much of him these days and then elizabeth then reciprocates and then says to mary well how is jesus getting on well he's perfect oh yeah uh, aren't, aren't they all um But actually, we don't, although the families were related, we don't really know much about what went on between John the Baptist and Jesus. They both had their disciples. Sometimes the disciples had differences of opinion. But actually, what's really important here is that Jesus knew he was the Messiah. And he agreed to baptize Jesus, and Jesus stood in the place and showed his solidarity for mankind by being baptised to show his obedience to God the Father. And then we see the Holy Spirit 
comes upon him in the form of a dove. Um, when you read different writings about the dove, it's unclear. He didn't come as a dove. The scripture's quite clear. He came like a dove. If you've ever read the Aramaic Bible from 1666, you'll see Genesis chapter 1 and 2. It even describes the spirit hovering over the water with the wings of a dove. Um, in Matthew 10, um, then Matthew talks about the dove. And if you look at different translations, it talks about the dove as being harmless, gentle, simple and pure. But the important thing is the Holy Spirit came in and indwelt within Jesus. Even though Jesus was God, he still needed the Holy Spirit for his ministry. He still needed God to send the Holy Spirit into him as part of his coronation to then start his ministry. John tells us that Jesus had the full measure of the Holy Spirit. You and I, that word is not used when it talks about the Holy Spirit coming on us. But for Jesus, he had the full measure. And here we have only one of three um, recordings of God speaking in this way. Once was at the baptism of Jesus, once was at his transfiguration, and one when Jesus was at the cross. When, when the Lord God the Father says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. So there's the best coronation the world has ever seen. Better than what you'd see in Westminster Abbey. Because here we have the coronation of the saviour of mankind needs the Holy Spirit inside him to do what he needs to do but then so let's have a look at what we've just said in light of this because again if we go backwards if your desire is to become like Christ, my fear for some of us, including myself, is that if our heart is in and not in the right place, your journey is going to be more difficult or your journey is even going to be impossible. Because the peace we all need, and this is what I want to just focus on, the peace we all need is part of this, the, this Trinitarian God. The peace we need in our hearts is the Holy Spirit. And at 18 years old, or maybe I was 19 years old, I can't remember, maybe like you, I went to a service in another church and stuff was happening that freaked me out uh, and I didn't like it there was and I'm not going to go into detail as to what was happening but it was a service where there was lots of evidence of the Holy Spirit working in a way that I'd never seen before and it and it kind of scared me a bit but I remember 
the summer of that year, being on a school, being on a, a church camp, a kids camp that I used to do years ago, and someone described to me, look, the Holy Spirit is this big. Imagine it's this big. What you were experienced to was a part of the working of the Holy Spirit. And they said, do not dismiss what everything else the Holy Spirit can do for you. Because I want to show you a chart. Here's a slide. I don't know if that's, is that legible? Um, I'm not going to read all these out. But this, if this is what the Holy Spirit did for Jesus, then just imagine for one second what the Holy Spirit can do for you if you're filled with the Holy Spirit. I've asked, I've asked for the Holy Spirit to give me the gift of tongues. And he never did. I don't know why. It never happened. I asked. I've asked on more than one occasion. But that doesn't mean I don't have at times a brilliant prayer life where I can then talk to God and, and discuss things with God and listen to God because of his indwelling Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit... And here's, here's, what, here's what I want you to remember... I believe that if the Holy Spirit hadn't come on Jesus in this way, in all of these different things, I question, I seriously question whether his ministry would have then been successful. Because if we believe in this triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, how could Jesus then have gone out on his own in a vacuum, away from God the Father and away from God the Son, and then performed all of these amazing things in his ministry without the Holy Spirit. And therefore, my argument is, if he needed the Holy Spirit, boy, how much then do I need him in my life? If the Lord Jesus, who was God in the form of a man, needed the Holy Spirit in his life, then boy, how much do I need God's Holy Spirit in my life? So, I want to go back to this. Maybe your heart, years ago, was more receptive to these things. Maybe your heart a few years ago was more in step with the Spirit of God. Maybe a few years ago, maybe your heart had more of a hunger and thirst um, for the things of God. And for whatever reason, maybe it's, maybe it's your work that's taken over your life or seemingly taken over your life. Maybe some of the duties at home. Maybe sin has come into your life in a way that's then changed your heart. But my concern for you, if that's the case for you, is you're going to struggle to become like Christ if that heart is not addressed. And that's what I want to do this morning. In a minute, we're going to sing a song about repentance. This is what John was preaching, where not only do we turn from the ways that we are following. Not only do we turn to Christ 
in repentance, but also repentance is more than that. Repentance is asking God for a new heart, for a new goal in life. And for some of us, I can have a heart's desire to lose weight, but it never goes beyond that. I can have a heart's desire to get more fit. And that's great to have a desire, but I've got to do something about it. And today, what, we're going to, what I want us to do is, I want us to sing this song. The band are going to sing it to us so they can come up now. Here's what we're going to do. So it's not going to be, please don't get scared, because this is going to be what I want you to do, not me. The band are going to sing the first verse and chorus to us. And then we're going to sit and sing. And this is optional. You don't have to sing this. But if you've got that repentant heart of wanting God, wanting him in your life, wanting to do the things he wants you to do, then I want you to just quietly sing these words as a prayer And then once we've sung that, I'm going to then um, wrap up with a couple more thoughts. Some of you may have prayed that for the first time. Some of you may have realised that you need to do business with God today and prayed and sung that and prayed that in a really profound and meaningful way. If that's you, please... Do come and see us for prayer afterwards or pray with someone that you've come with this morning because God God wants to do business. He wants to heal, forgive, restore and he, he wants us to make us all like his son, the Lord Jesus. I want to pray for the Holy Spirit now just as we close Because if the Holy Spirit anointed Jesus to reveal truth, to help him, to help him in temptation, to help him do amazing and powerful things, then I want to pray for the Holy Spirit to do the same for us. So let me just pray. Father, we just thank you for the life of the Lord Jesus, how he showed his solidarity with mankind, standing in that river Jordan, being baptised as a way to show his honour and obedience to you, his Father. But Lord, in many ways, it puzzle, in some ways it can puzzle us. Why on earth did the Lord Jesus still need the Holy Spirit in his life? Well, he did because... This idea of a triune God is one God in three persons that are that really are inseparable. Your ministry as a triune God is one. And therefore, how could the Lord Jesus do that in a vacuum? And therefore, Lord, now we just pray that as we've repented in our hearts, then Lord, my pray now is that you would fill us with your spirit. The spirit that reveals truth. The spirit that heals. 
the spirit that helps us to do what you want us to do. The spirit that helps us in times of difficulty. The spirit that helps us to overcome temptation. Lord, we need all of that in our lives. And Lord, just in the quietness now, we just pray. We just ask, Lord, send your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come upon us and fill us in ways that we've never experienced before. And Lord, renew that heart's desire in all of us to want to be like the Lord Jesus, to do what he did, to be like he was to change us. Lord, we ask this in his name. Amen. I just want to, before we sing, I just want to finish with a little simple illustration. And I've got, because I, I, want, to, I, want, I want to help you know where you are this morning. Don't worry, this is not water of baptism. And, uh, although that would be a small font, wouldn't it? Um, I have three bottles in my hand here. Um, one is empty, and that just symbolises someone, and this could be you today, that, that, that understands I have no relationship with God. I'm not a believer. I've come with somebody, but I'm not in a relationship with God. And maybe that's you today, and maybe God has spoken to you. Um, this second one, um, I'm just going to put a tiny bit of water in. And I'm going to put this, and I've dropped the cork now. Um, so I'm going to put this little bottle with a little bit of water in the water. Um, and what that is symbolizing is that the bottle is you, and you are in God, but there's only a little bit of God in you. But the third one, I'm going to put more of this water in. If it'll go in. So now this one's, again, this is symbolising that um, not only is this bottle in God, you can see it's dropped to the bottom, but not only is that bottle in God, God is inside the bottle. And I think that's what the Holy Spirit, that's a kind of symbol really of the Holy Spirit in us. Do we want all of him inside us to do what he wants us to do? Thank you.